Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Columbus, Georgia, and it is time for the tea. Tea Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. We are closing out our September series. We've had some excellent podcast guests this month. We've been talking about domestic violence. We've been talking about violence and what kind of resources that you have if you are a victim of violence. We also have been talking or will be talking about a relationship dynamic because I know that is you all's favorite conversation topic for me. So I will not disappoint you today when we talk about when the divorce does settles, co-parenting, dating, and marriage. So we're here in Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month, and we do know that there are a lot of factors that can contribute to people feeling hopeless. So we want to make sure that we're sharing information for somebody who may have a story and feel like that you're alone, that there are some resources and some people that are going through and have come through things, and so be encouraged. So without further ado, let me introduce to you uh, Reverend Adrian M. Baker. Adrian Baker is the assistant pastor of Christway Baptist Church in the historic Smoketown neighborhood of Louisville, Kentucky. Reverend Baker obtained his Master of Divinity degree with honors from Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. He is a gifted preacher of the gospel, an, an esteemed and sought-after theologian, a talented musician, a risk management professional, and an activist fighting for liberation for all. His mantra is for the cross, for the cause, for the, I'm sorry, for the cross, for the cause, and espouses a refreshingly unique perspective. He is the proud husband to Latrice and father to Matthew and Ellington. Baker has also earned several designations, commendations, and honorary proclamations, and is a proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Reverend Baker. Thank you, uh, Dr. Tarver. I, I just have to uh, express my uh, gratitude for being here today, uh, even in my reluctance. <laughs> uh, but we are going to have this conversation. I'm not going to tell nobody where the, the, the bodies are buried. I'm not. So, so, so if y'all looking for a little bit more tea, I, I'm trying to stay saved and I'm trying to stay alive. So I'm not going to tell it all. It's not that kind of tea, Reverend Baker. It's more transformation tea uh, uh, as opposed to the gospel kind of tea. tea. I got yeah, it. Yeah. I got mm -hmm. it. I got Absolutely. it. I Absolutely. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, I told uh, Reverend Baker before we got on here that uh, I have 5 million questions. So we're going to go ahead and get into this thing. Uh, <laughs> and Reverend Baker is not speaking for every brother out there, sisters. He is just speaking from his experience, and we just are literally going myself. to have a conversation. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So I know um, when we are in our 20s, when we are in our teens, and we are early in this dating game, yes. um, early in this marriage experience, we just have expectations that, you know, as we grow and learn and develop, realize may not be. Um, realistic or uh, may not have been based on healthy things and we're 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 trying to figure out over time what's more accurate uh, so when you think about some of your early expectations in dating and in your first marriage uh, how have they evolved okay so uh, on the surface level um, it was really um, 
I was focused on like a hyper religiosity, you know, mm. a, a, a woman that that was maybe a virgin or close to it or, you know, that type of stuff. And it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable model now. Uh, but <laughs> it's, so so then you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I want I want to make sure that she's she's this and she's that. And, and as far as the biblical model uh, that is portrayed back in B.C. before Christ. Before Christ was even around, so uh, so in, in that it's just those expectations um, on the surface level uh, you have to, but on the on the more uh, below the surface, on the deeper level, uh, it was uh, my expectations about like family dynamics and things mm -hmm. like that, on how much uh, that plays into and how it's lived out. Um, those expectations of how someone embraces is it. Um, I, I dealt with a either or type of situation. Mm. Either it's me and my, mm -hmm. and then not, but I'm like both, it's both and. Yeah, Let's come on and get rid of that black and white thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the black and mm -hmm. white thinking. And so those expectations, um, just being able to understand that not everyone feels the same way I feel about family, thinks the same way I think about family. Having to actually have that conversation, it, it's important before you dive deeper. So a lot of the questions um, that that I may have that I never did uh, propose, that I never did um, lift up uh, when I was younger, because I did, I just didn't know how to go deeper and what that really would play out into the rest of my life. You know, you spoke a whole word there because I think, of course, what are our early influences in relationships? We have the biblical influence. We grew up in the church. Um, now, interestingly, we tend to have that uh, probably in a, in a more uh, narrow way toward women, the virtuous mm -hmm. woman, the virgin, the, all of these things. We're scrutinizing women very heavily um, from a bi biblical perspective, sometimes much more than we are doing men. Um, but then on the other side of that, we're not at all talking about hey, what, what's your family mental health history? Um, how right. you manage finances? How do you problem solve? What what happens when you get angry? Um, and those are so essential. Those, those questions are, are so essential. And now I do have to put a disclaimer as well. Uh, all these expectations I had placed on her, I was out here doing everything I wanted to do. You understand? So Come on, it, honesty. Flawed, it was flawed and everything like that. So it's not, it's, it's, it's not equitable. Let me say it like that. Yeah. This is not yeah. fair and it's not equitable. And so as we learn, as we we learn ourselves mm -hmm. that the same, um, whatever you want someone to do towards you, you, you got to be able to uh, be willing to do for them as well. What do you what do you think influenced that? Like as a man, I can have kind of a different standard. Um, I know that we often the expectations we have for women, they are, you know, typically uh, based some on theology. It's a distorted one. Um, but uh, but as a man, what were your influences in terms of dating and being in relationships? Where did that come from? Yeah, so so dating, I'm, I'm going back to my grandmom and my granddaddy, you know, uh, seeing them the way their, their model was. Uh, she was, uh, he was the, the big preacher um, and she was, at home now, she she was able to turn the head the way in which she was able to turn the head. Yet and still, um, it was the the big strong man, and then it was the matronly woman uh, that was, and so that influenced and shaped it. But then, once I had my daughter, uh, I, I had a daughter, and I was like, the same thing that I want for me, I want for her, mm -hmm. and that I want for my son, I want for her. Mm -hmm. So it 
once I, I that all of that all of that changed. <laughs> all of that changed and my theology started changing. Everything started changing. My relationship to Christ, everything in 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 making sure that everything was just, everything was equitable. And then the way in which I uh, now read even scripture through that mm. lens, um, mm. it's different. So yeah. Well, yeah, I don't understand how people can be so uh, dogmatic about things, especially when they have a daughter or a woman that they love. Well, their daughters are out here changing lives. However, changing lives. <laughs> you do have to be in a place to receive um, mm. that change, right? So you mentioned sustainability, you got a whole amen um uh out here about like what is actually sustainable so you know i'm having expectations that are unrealistic i haven't addressed the things that actually allow a marriage to flourish because we haven't talked about how we parent we haven't talked about um how we address uh conflict we haven't worked on no. our communication we haven't addressed some of these unhealthy patterns that we grew up seeing that we are going to be modeling uh, when we get into situations that are very similar. And so um, you mentioned that your your daughter kind of shifted your theology a little bit, but I know it must be very difficult to realize that we are now on a different page than when we first got together. So what were some yeah. of the ways you tried to navigate that? So yeah, that, that was difficult as well uh, in my, in my first marriage, um, I tried to hold on for dear life mm. longer than than I should have, um, because of really this biblical uh, expectations of you stay with and you, you know, this thing is to death, and and not that 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 model is still not to be lifted. Yet in my situation, it just it wasn't feasible. It was toxic. It wasn't, you know, and not, and I'm taking accountability on my side. I don't want to villainize anyone else, mm -hmm. but I'm saying it, it, we shouldn't have been together past a point. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it wasn't a health, it wasn't healthy for anyone in our household. Um, and I stayed too, a little bit too long because I was trying to hold on to, to this concept of the, the biblical family um, that we stay no matter what through, through, um, and it's, I'm not, um, I'm not going to argue scripture on this. It's just that I was released from that. Mm -hmm. And once I was released from it, uh, I felt free. I felt free. And, and, and God said, I'm still with you, Adrian. I'm mm -hmm. still, I'm still with you. You still mine. And that, that, uh, that grace that we have to have for each other and the grace for the other person and the grace just for uh for everyone else uh, that you encounter through human humanity it's it's for every relationship that you have and i like that with yourself i like that that grace grace and humanity reckon recognizing it it took both of us to get here so mm. i i'm not going to villainize you uh in recognizing that this marriage uh is is healthier for it to end um, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, prayerfully you won't villainize me and we'll be able to just recognize that there were probably some signs early on, uh, because really? I realized yeah. that not everybody gets marriage counseling before they get yeah. married. Now, sometimes we'll get, um, some pastoral counseling, but, you know, we don't really, like you said, go into the depths of a lot of these, um, family of origin matters. Mm, yes. What yes. we learned, what we saw 
what we did, what was modeled, all of these things matter as I'm learning how to be a person in a union. Yes. And so I think a lot of times, uh, you know, like you said, we marry based on these expectations that aren't sustainable and we don't actually know the tools. Right. Right. Because sometimes if we went to marriage counseling, we probably would not get married. Right. It's harder to get out of a marriage once you're yeah. in it. Like you said, I want to yeah. fight for it. I want to, I don't want to, I, I stood before God and, and, and I said I was um, till death do us part. So it's harder once yeah. I'm in it. But if yeah. I realize like we may not be able to sustain this before we get to the altar. Yeah. And, and it ends up being like the tug that is going, those two perspectives, you want them to mm -hmm. come closer together, but they end up tugging further mm, apart. Mm -hmm. And what was in, in those were things that were unsaid and unasked. Mm. Uh, at, so it was the unknown. And so we deal with these issues mm -hmm. that are as we go, that, that develop mm -hmm. as we go. Mm -hmm. And we're just doing this on the job training type stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it, it he like when we're presented with that, a lot of times the, the, the pressures of life, Mm -hmm. um, the events of life that happen, death and uh, all of those things that, mm -hmm. that may happen within uh, the life cycle of a marriage, yeah. it, it can create a, a major wedge between. Uh, and then how do you, when, when people um, play out what they expect to happen, mm -hmm. how to reconcile those two is mm -hmm. very difficult. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because as you said, it's not just this marriage. Like we have to deal with finances. We have children. And these are the, the major reasons why people divorce, right? Children, finances, um, unhealthy communication patterns, um, inability to, to be able uh, to problem solve effectively. Um, triggering each other. We know that sometimes we just trauma bonding with folks. We get together because you hurt and I'm hurt. Um, and we over here thinking we uh, going to be able to heal each other's hurt. And we over here <laughs> triggering each other's hurt. We got one um, thing in common, that trauma. trauma. And yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's. Trauma let's brought us here. Life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, but is that sustainable, right? Like, as you said, um, I don't even have the tools I need for this journey. Yeah, yeah. And because so I that, didn't know what they were. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I've had to wrestle with and still wrestling with, mm -hmm. um, developing the correct tools um, for every relationship. Uh, that I deal with, that's whether it be the relationship with my children, mm -hmm. the relationship with my wife, the relationship with my family, the relationship with my brother, the mm -hmm. relationship with my sister and, and my sibling, all that uh, out here. So it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's oh hard. yeah, absolutely. Right. Because like you said, this on the job training, like I, I'm supposed to have a mask on right now. I don't, I, I don't have a mask. I'm getting, <laughs> okay. Eyes blurry, uh, <laughs> stuff getting in, right. Like, oh, I need a blowtorch. I, I got a hammer. What? Um, I, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Right. So. Like, yeah. So, but I also realized, you know, within that struggle of, I don't want this to end and I'm trying to hold on to it a lot longer. That is a common thing for people mm. like, you know, to really wrestle with this notion yeah. of, of, of a marriage dissolving I, yeah. the guilt, the disappointment, the shame, um, yeah, the confusion, the, the, the anger, the betrayal, you know, any. I don't like to fail at anything. I mean, at anything. Like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I got a real bad, uh, everybody knows we can play spades and I, I'm going I'm to flip over the table if I lose. You understand what I'm saying? So I, I, I got, I got issues uh, with mm -hmm. losing and, and to really equating that, that loss, that, that, that relationship, how big and how you, you've chosen this person for the rest of your life. And then that doesn't work out. 
um, that reality doesn't happen and how big of a failure uh, it feels uh, to some. And then, then because of that failure, you live it alone. Uh, you, you, you just live that alone. And so that, that is, um, it's a major thing uh, to grapple with uh, and try to, try to pull yourself out of yeah. uh, and having grace for yourself. Again, mm. I keep saying that, mm. that grace for yourself um, through everything. Mm -hmm. I found that no one can love me if I don't love myself. Yes. No one can forgive me if I don't forgive mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. No one. So, so all in all, um, that self uh, love, that self care, that self, um, you got to speak to yourself sometime and encourage mm -hmm. yourself. All of that, yeah. uh, this, um, we have to lift up before we can engage with the rest of the world. I think that grace is somebody's, somebody's word that they need to hear. Um, and I imagine that's why I keep showing up in your spirit because somebody yeah. is suffering in silence. Yeah, yeah. Um, some, somebody is struggling in, in a marriage or struggling with a divorce. Um, all of these feelings that you talked about that they're doing the shame and the guilt and, um, yeah. you know, what could I have done? Uh, did I do everything that I could have done? Um, yeah. Did I give up too soon? Um, you know, all of these things that we wrestle with, am I enough? What's gonna happen after this? How do I function? You know, if I had, now I got a divorce on my, because we, we wear divorce sometimes like a scarlet letter. Yeah. Um, and, and the shame of it hangs on yeah. us because it feels like failure. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a, it's a grave that keeps uncovering like every day, like in the mm. midst of that, like it's a, uh, you know, we, we talk about the, the divorce uh, dust settling, but that, that dust really never kind of settles, mm. especially when there's kids involved, the co-parenting issue. Mm. But it's it's as if like you're you're really uh, a groundhog day. Like mm. this this day stop. Well, it mm. will the manifestations or the presentations of the the grief of this mm. loss, uh, how ambiguous it may be, all of it. We we can do everything in our day, um, do all the activities of daily living mm. that we we would do, and still at the end of the day, you're coming back to that grave. You're coming yeah. back to that grief. You're coming back to, and how to pull yourself out. You know, it, it's, it's hard. And it wasn't until I talked to another man that had dealt with that, mm. um, you know, th that it dealt with it. Cause again, we, we suffer, especially for me. And I'm going to speak for me, um, that I did this thing alone. I thought that I was the only one that ever dealt mm. with a situation like that. And dude was like, Hey man, Hey, pull yourself. Hey, get yourself together. Hey, I've been through this. It's going to get better. It's mm. it feels totally like like kraut right now, mm. but just feel just keep on going. Just keep mm. on going. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, and I think that's the hope that you're talking about. Like, um, I keep I you know it's funny that you mentioned the grave because I give that example a lot with people, mm. but when, but I don't use it in that way. I say um, it's buried. Stop digging it back up. Uh, and that's exactly yeah yeah um, uh, yeah. If you've already put that put that in the ground and, and said your words and, and been able to grieve and release, like why you keep digging it back up, opening that wound up over and mm. over again, uh, because it's not helpful, right? Like sometimes it's, it's that we have to look at the things that we're doing and decide, is this helpful to me? Yes. Um, and that's not helpful. But the reason that I'm continuing to be back at the grave is because I never allowed myself to grieve and heal. I didn't yeah. give my per myself permission to heal because I hadn't released it. And yes, thank you for speaking on that. 
Uh, we had a brother on here a few weeks ago that was talking about um, losing his his child um, mm. and the pain of that. He said it would have destroyed him had he not finally released it and talked to somebody about it. But he carried that pain for yeah. a long time. Yeah. The 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 guilt and did, could I have done something different and and mm -hmm. all of these and, and and my wife and I are grieving in different ways and so I I can't really talk to her about I don't feel like I can talk to her about yeah. it um, mm -hmm. because I I feel like we're just miles apart from each other so I feel so isolated and if I had not found someone who loved me enough to be like hey yeah <laughs> first of all you're not alone yeah um second of all yeah it hurts like let's just honor that this let's is honor that. That is painful. Yeah. And yeah. and and yeah, let's also think about there there is there is hope on the other side of that. There is healing on the other side of that hurt, but I I gotta go through that process first. And that's um it's more like a virus that it has to kind of run its course. Yeah. Um because when we say, you know, we gotta leave it there, we take the burden to the Lord and leave it there, or, mm -hmm. or you gotta bury that thing in the grave, it all sounds so so simple. Mm -hmm. Yet and still the heart, the way it tugs, the way mm -hmm. the guilt tugs on you, the way mm -hmm. everything, the remorse, all of those things, how it tugs on you, the anger when it comes in, mm -hmm. all of those cycles of mm -hmm. grief, when they are presented, they presented in a different form every single time. Mm -hmm. it, and it all like, I thought I buried this thing, but this mm -hmm. thing, this monster is up under the bed and it is still here. Yeah. Well, you didn't bury it. You internalized it. Um, and so, and a, right. and a lot of men internalize it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So in this conversation, I hope that some men yeah. are like, hey, I've hey, been there. Yeah, done yeah. yeah I, I, burial is a whole process. You get, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mm. know, you get to say goodbye for one last time. You get to um, be in that space. You get to sit. You get to just, yeah. just whatever you need to let go of and release. You get to do, but, but when you're holding that thing in, you don't ever. Yeah bury it like it's 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 just in the closet yeah in in bear divorce is really burial without closure sometimes and so mm. that that is Come you on, know word. a lot of times it's final with mm -hmm. uh with death the physical death mm -hmm. but that that divorce that's a spiritual kind of thing that you're mm -hmm. dealing with that's a, mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of times you don't have that closure mm. that comes with that and mm -hmm. so when you're still looking for closure you're still looking is this thing dead yeah is, yeah and, is this thing still dead? And it's like, this thing is not dead. It'll never mm. die. Uh, and so, <laughs> <laughs> this thing will never die. Just so keep realize, coming back. <laughs> it just keeps coming back. And then you have to temper yourself. And then yeah. we're like, okay, this thing is never going to, the dust is never going to all the way settle. Mm. Even if it looks like it is, there, there's mm. still room for for some some manifestation, uh, some present, uh, you know, presentation to come back. Uh, in having to then be like, okay, I got to know myself. I got to know yeah, my truth. Yeah, I got to yeah. figure this thing out for me, how, what my new normal looks like, mm. all those things. Um, yeah. That, now that's a real that, conversation right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is going to be residual. Mm, but, but yeah. if we think about when we bury people in real life, their memory doesn't die. No. You know, the experiences we've had with them don't die. And we talk about complicated grief. So there is, there was some, some strain, some stress in that relationship when this person died. Absolutely. And so a divorce sounds to me like very similar to complicated grief. So it's dead, but I'm still dealing with the aftermath because all of the things that led to the divorce and then, you know, the co-parenting piece. 
than the so culture. We have we have a child. I'm still connected to you by virtue yeah. of this little human we created. Absolutely. So that stuff that didn't get resolved, as you said, we didn't get closure with that's going to mm-hmm. show up in our co-parent. And that's that's the thing as well. So when when I say that divorce does don't doesn't settle, that co-parenting piece is really a place in which uh, it is an active and dynamic situation. It's 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 ever changing, and you 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 really have to temper yourself um, in the relationship because it's it's still a relationship. A co-parenting relationship is still some form of relationship, um, and you have to say, okay, no matter what the other party does how they have approached this situation mm-hmm. i'm going to approach it this way uh and i'm not going to say that it's helped me um mm-hmm. but it has freed me uh you know a lot of times uh folks will say um you're too nice or this you know you you let this slide or you let that slide or i i can't i can't just go and be you know in the midst of, i can't i can't i don't have it in me to be like mm-hmm. that I can't go to sleep at night uh, knowing that I've, uh, you know, been that way. Um, so I I always now temper myself. Now, Adrian, what would Adrian do? Not mm-hmm. what the other party would do. Mm-hmm. Not, not let that affect me. So I set the temperature uh, in my behavior and not let someone have the power um, to set the temperature in this relationship um, when it's for the best interest of, of the, the child. Kid. Right, yeah, because that's the... I mean, and I think that is the 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 challenge for us when we're still grieving, when we're still hurting, like you said, all of these stages of grief. Um, sometimes because of that, we can utilize a child yeah. um, in a way that they become a tool of manipulation or expression of yes. that pain, right? So particularly when we start, um, you know, uh, co-parents start dating again. Um, or, you know, co-parents are moving on and a person is, you know, grieving in their own ways. Uh, so I may be, I may not want to see you, uh, but we still had this child together. (laughs) So we, we got to navigate, uh, making sure this child gets the chance to spend time with both of their parents. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. What are, what are some of the, go ahead. But I I feel like, um, if, um, as long as the, the kids are good. Mm-hmm. Hey, live your life. I want you to be happy. If you happy, I, I, it's probably going to be better for our co-parent relationship because somebody's making you happy. Mm-hmm. You got, I mean, you, you have a less to, to, to trip on. Uh, so it, it, it means something for, for me. I'm like, move on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be happy. They, as long as uh, he or she or whatever is good around my mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I want. Mm-hmm. live your life because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that it'll be better for uh, co-parent relationships when everyone is fulfilled in, in mm-hmm. their um, in their their um, marriage relationships or whatever they're yeah, um, they're, yeah. I, I think that when we get to a healthier place that's easier for us to be able to say but when we still in that place of yeah. resentment or yeah. Um, maybe we're, you know, disappointment, sadness, embarrassment, shame. Sometimes it is very hard for people mm-hmm. to actually be able to recognize that this relationship between us has ended, but because of the love we share, um, cause I'm still going to love you, uh, yes. 
you know, you, you were a part of my life. You, we, yeah. right. So I'm still going to love you. We have this, but I, I know that for some people, the bitterness and the resentment um, yeah. are barriers to them yeah. being able to express that in a healthy way. So it comes out in more of a controlling way. Yeah. Um, and again, for, for the man, it's never going to be equitable uh, in the co-parenting situation. Mm. It's, it's, it's speak, speak more on that. Okay. So, um, mm, how can I not uh, say what the berries about the, the bodies are buried? Oh, no. Choose your words carefully. Choose your words carefully. Choose my words carefully. Okay. So I got to give the Olivia Pope uh, response. <laughs> Absolutely. <Okay. laughs> so in situations where there is a domestic conflict, the custody mm. conflict, yeah. Like yeah. Once it gets to the court system, depending on where you are, um, no matter how good you are mm -hmm. as a man, now mm -hmm. you you really have to deal um, with that siding, that that bias that already that the mother has, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, that the courts may have for the mother, or just the mm -hmm. system may mm -hmm. have. Uh, I've spent a lot of money. I mean, mm -hmm. a ton of money. Mm -hmm. um, trying to get things done. Uh, and, and for a while, I didn't see uh, my children for for mm. a long time, mm. um, waiting on the court system to do right and do that. Mm. Then you, <laughs> it, 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 it's hard. Um, and so I just want to want to set somebody free that might be like, man, they, this is not fair. We, we have to kind of accept until uh, things change that, mm. that it's never going to be equitable for us. Mm. Yet and still, um, the kids will 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 always know the level in which you fought for them mm. and you're still fighting just to be in their life. Mm. Um, my son, uh, he said it uh, one day, like it was just normalized. He's like, hey, dad, man, thank you for always, you know, fighting for us, man. And just always being there. Mm. And he just might have just meant it like, oh, mm. sounds like a good thing mm. to say. But mm. that set me free. Like, oh, yeah, like you saw me. <laughs> Yeah, you saw me. I've been fighting yeah. the whole time, just you know, every time. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's just um not knocking the other person. I'm just saying how the system yeah. is just not uh set up for the man to win all the time in this. And we have to um say what is good for me to still remain and stay in their mm -hmm. life. And mm -hmm. so some things I have to give up, some things mm -hmm. I can't have all my way that mm. that power of negotiation mm. mediation things like that like like mediate it out until you if, if you ain't seen them in a long time hey whatever i just want to see my kids whatever it is you know so it's um that co-parenting piece when it gets to that ugliness uh mm. like that that custody yeah. battles and things yeah. like that it, it, it's it's a lot it's a lot Thank you for sharing that. I mean, we we are under no illusion that there isn't bias in the court system. Like we absolutely know that there is bias. We know that um, there is there typically is favor toward the mother um, because there still is a, a perception that the mom is the best one to raise the children. We still believe that, uh, you know, this perspective that the, the mother is more nurturing and maternal when they're younger, they need to be with the mom, like we still, we actively, that same bias yeah. that we talked about in terms of the virtuous woman is the same bias we have in terms of parenting. Um, and you are absolutely speaking for a lot of brothers who have gotten disheartened mm -hmm. um, yeah. in this process, who have gotten frustrated, who have been hurt, 
who yeah. have, um, you know, been through a lot of financial struggles, yeah. Um, yeah. going back and forth in the court system to simply be able to have uh, the time given to them to spend with their children. And so I want to honor that that is a lot of men's experience. Uh, When we're not able, and this goes back to us not addressing how we deal with conflict (laughs) and, and, and not how um, we deal with disappointment and hurt and pain and how sometimes kids can end up being, uh, tools of manipulations in situations and it it is detrimental to everybody yeah, to be having that type of animosity yeah like that is um you know yeah. ideally we would want to as co-parents be able to like hey let's let's just work this out you get them here i'll get them here we split up the holidays yeah. we do this like uh in a in an ideal world we'll be able to do that but the reality is everybody doesn't have that situation yeah it doesn't happen all that but i i do want to encourage some man some Mm. hey don't give up just just keep on keep at it do whatever you can do Mm -hmm. to be in their lives and to 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 do what you can to kind of rear them and raise them the best way that you can in this new normal situation Mm. i heard you say don't give up brothers don't give up. Don't give up. If this is your situation, yeah. don't give up because that child is going to at some point recognize everything that you did. And that child to try needs to make, you. And that, yeah. and that child needs you. That that, like, needs you. Yeah. We, we are very clear about yeah. the importance of having men in our children's lives. Yeah. Their fathers in their, their fathers. lives. Let me not even say men. Their fathers. The importance of our children having their fathers in their lives. And so I'm hearing you say for you, you tried to negotiate in a way of, okay, what is the path of least resistance sometimes? What is, Mm -hmm. if I need to be able to just not say that, (laughs) not not respond to that, not Not, react to that, not do that, that is going to allow me to be able to see my children, then that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for them. Absolutely. That's and in in a lot of times it feels like, oh, he's you know, he's punking. I, I, I ain't got time to be yeah. uh, to to deal with the fallout inside my own body, like that mm. that stress that, that will manifest inside my own for mm-hmm. trying to beat somebody uh with that kind of conflict. Yeah. And and that's not a discussion that you 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 really need to be having with folks that's not in your situation anyway. Like y'all don't have to deal with any of conflict. It's easy. To say to someone, oh, well, you need to handle it this way. You need to let this person know that you're in, um, again, is that helpful or not helpful? The combativeness that we can get into only makes this worse sometimes. Sometimes um, I may be thinking something that I choose not to say. Yeah. Uh, so that filter, you have yeah. to have an automatic new filter. That great. That, that's it. That, that's, <laughs> you better right. put that on now. That, okay. That come on. Harness filter. my tongue, God. Harness, yeah, harness my, your tongue. Don't, don't. My tongue. Don't you say that. That's not right. Uh, to, uh, so a lot of thinking before we speak, uh, you know, so it, it's those, those things are, are essential uh, to that's navigate growth. new, all oh, that's growth. growth, not to fight every battle. Cause we, not, yeah. Oh no, I'm right. Um, yeah. And then yeah, didn't realize yeah. it's not a war anymore. It's right. it's really right. um the the main goal is for these kids, mm-hmm. um, for them to be whole, for yeah. them to be well, uh, yeah. for them to have both of us, for them to feel um 
that they are wanted, to feel that mm -hmm. they are um, needed, that they are mm -hmm. valued. That's the that's the main thing. And mm -hmm. so it's not war like that either or. It's mm -hmm. both and. Yeah. They can, it's both and. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But I yeah. think in philosophy is essential. That absolutely, absolutely. And not to say that that my situation has worked out, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, hey, but what has worked for my mental, what has worked yeah. for my yeah. mental, worked for me, um, um, that has been, uh, that's just been my method. My that's been part of the journey. Day. Absolutely. Been part mm, of your journey. Mm -hmm. Now, when you come out of a situation like this, I imagine. <laughs> you know where i'm going with this uh, that it may be very difficult to want to get involved in a significant relationship again yes um so truth be told i didn't want to ever 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 uh from the uh, words of andre 3000 <laughs> ever ever uh get married again mm -hmm. uh, i didn't want uh, i didn't want why we have to have paperwork, girl? We don't need to. We don't need titles. We don't need to. Let me do all that. We, I love you. We don't need yeah, all of that. We just girl. love is all you need. <laughs> so when, when when the fallout and the the uh, all of the cycles of grief and then also the financial uh, turmoil and just spiral that it puts you in, uh, I was like, I ain't ever doing this again. They say never say never, but I, I okay, I'll fix it. I ain't ever doing it again. <laughs> Uh, I didn't say never. <laughs> I, I ain't say no. I, I said ain't ever. Uh, yet and still, um, I mean, when I, I, a, a young lady um, that was so sweet, that was um, family oriented, that was for me, for me, that I could, when I first started even dating her, I was like, you don't need somebody like me. Like you need mm. like somebody that's never been married. You you need to start with, you know what I'm saying? She was like, no, nah, but I ain't scared of that. I ain't scared of I I was like, but you like I am. I'm scared of that. I, I am mm -hmm. because I know the baggage that I have. I was like, mm. you don't need anybody with any baggage like this. And and you know, having uh two two children as well to mm -hmm. uh to to deal with uh custody and all mm -hmm. all these things on how to how to be it was it was a lot. And mm -hmm. and she was like I ain't scared of that. I, I just mm -hmm. want to be with you. I want to, you know, whatever. Um, and so uh, it was hard for me. And I almost sabotaged it so many times. Mm -hmm. But it was hard for me to accept that um, because I was still on my journey of healing. Mm -hmm. Someone to still would just give me the grace to say mm -hmm. I still love you. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's how I, I got back into this thing. Uh, <laughs> into this. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm married. Uh, to the beautiful Latrice Van Zant Baker, uh, yet and still, uh, it's something I'm trying to work out daily on how how to be the husband for her, how to be, um, and also giving myself grace, her grace, and the whole situation grace. Yes. It's uh, it's dynamic, it's changing every day, um, yet and still, here we are. Um, but I definitely was one of those ones that was um, never ever going to do it again. Mm no reason to um to put these houses in the same names i mean mm -hmm. it, it, get these houses together no 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 i don't want to get anything uh mm -hmm. linked up together mm -hmm. uh, with all this paperwork i i didn't want any of that uh and then also um i could 
if I've never got married again, I could just detach myself. Yeah. You can leave. I, I can leave freely. Go. I don't have to. Yes. Yeah. I can go leave freely, but mm. also detach my heart. I didn't have to put, I didn't have to put all of that in. I didn't mm. have to do all of that work. Invest. I didn't have to invest all of that. Mm. And then what that presented, um, I had to do the work and still doing the work. I mean, and that honestly is the conversation about, am I even ready to date? Right. Um, because what I'm hearing is, like you said, that dust is still from the grave. Yeah. It's still on me. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still wounded. I'm, uh, it, it makes me feel like I'm carrying a lot of baggage. A lot of people will say I'm too much. Why yeah. would you even want to deal with all, do you even know yes. what you're getting into? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and, and so, and, and I, the baggage that I had was too much yet and still what I had to offer was still, you know, I was mm -hmm. still a godly man still. So I don't want to play her like, you know, like, oh, dang, you took that. Oh, <laughs> raggedy, <laughs> that raggedy rascal that, uh, that ain't not, I'm not saying I'm not putting, putting myself down to that, mm -hmm. to that level yet and still that baggage with dealing with someone yeah. with, with divorce. There's things that just come with that. There's mm -hmm. triggers that that are there. There's when I see uh, a situation, a scenario that reminds me mm -hmm. of something that it's scary and it, it might have triggered me. And I have to say, you know what? Let me get up off my butt and say sorry. Let me apologize because mm -hmm. this the triggers are there yeah. um, yet and still uh, for someone to love you uh, and you love them again. It, it's it's beautiful. It's poetic. I definitely feel like people don't recognize divorce as a form of trauma. That divorce yeah. experience can be traumatic for people. Like sometimes yeah. it's a it's a nasty process uh, yeah. between divorce and, and custody. Um, it can get real ugly. And so, yeah, there are things that are said. There are things that are done. Um, and it does make you very hypervigilant and you're very attentive to things. Like, is that a flag? Is that a warning sign? I, need, I didn't pay attention the first time. I need to be paying attention this time. I want to make, I want to make sure I want to honestly present myself. I don't want any confusion about what all you got to deal with. Cause I don't want you coming back later and saying, I didn't tell you something. And, um, and that, that fear of, of failing again. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, that fear of failure again, that fear of, um, of letting yourself down, letting, because mm -hmm. a lot of relationships um, are, I mean, we lost a lot of friends that we had mutual mm -hmm. friends. A mm -hmm. lot of those, those relationships uh, faltered and things like that. So going through that again, that's, mm -hmm. that's scary. Um, and then, then the dynamics that, um, that, that COVID kind of played where we had to see each other all mm -hmm. day, every day, uh, and then having to uh, reconcile those two personalities Every day, all day. It's not, in this you know, space with no escape. In this space. And I'm still breathing. She just be like, was you still breathing, player? Uh, so, <laughs> you breathing awfully loud today. No, nah, that's going to be me awfully loud anyway. Yet and still, she just, oh, mm. and, and so the, those dynamics that, that, that are at play there, uh, it's, it, it, again, I keep saying this a lot, but we also have to give ourselves a grace through the whole, whole, whole situation. What do you think helped you? Because fear is uh, yeah. terrifying and it is immobilizing. Um, and we can talk, you said, I, I tried to sabotage this thing multiple times. Yeah. Um, we can talk ourselves out of things and we can, um, you know, second guess 
so much because now I kind of question my judgment um, and my ability to be able to, to make good decisions. What allowed you to be able to push past those fears and allow you to address your wounds and move forward in this marriage? Um, for me, it's being analytical of my role and my part. Um, mm -hmm. Especially when I, I say, after a while, you, you start to see that that this trigger right here, if I keep if I get, keep getting triggered by something, it's not the other person's fault. It's it's me. Mm -hmm. So when I, I started, when we say peep game, I started peeping game on my own self, saying like, hey, man, you, you are really sabotaging. You're trying to, something good that comes, does that stem from something that's back? And it's, it's also good to talk to somebody, talk it out um, as well. But really knowing yourself, really knowing and, and being responsible for your own role. Um, I see this, um, see this situation. And brother, this is your fault. Mm -hmm. Then take accountability for it and then you fix it and mm -hmm. do right. This is just, and then it won't happen again. If it, you're least, you're less likely to go back to that, uh, to let that trigger affect you or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to, you have to really, um, as, as far as it be you, be able to know yourself yeah. and to regulate your own uh, your behavior, your, your own behavior. Yeah. First, know thyself, right? That is the oh, rule to any that, relationship. That's, that's the, and that's really what set me free from fear is really like, this is fear stemming from that. This mm -hmm. is nothing. There is nothing that the other person has shown mm -hmm. Um with disloyalty or anything like that. This is just your fear um, that is triggered by something else. And you have to really wrestle with that, Adrian. And once you see that in the mirror and like, yep, you got to do it. I got to deal with me. I have to, you, you, we started this by saying, you know, what were your expectations um, going in that first marriage? How were your expectations different this time around now that you had had some experience you had yeah. gone through, what were your expectations of you and what were your expectations of your partner? Yeah, the expectations of, of me um, was really of growth. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, I always wanted um, a partner partner. You know, I, I always say, I'm, I'm Martin now. I need me a Coretta. And she'd just be rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this uh, the expectations of partnership for me are essential. Um, in the way in which that plays out in everything that we do. Now, of course, we're going to have our own individuality and things like that, but I don't want to fight against my spouse. I don't want to, it's, it's a both and, it's not an either or. Uh, it's not me or the highway. It's, it's what we going to do, how we going to fix this together, how we, so um, my expectations for me is my role in the partnership uh, on what, how I was going to behave in this partnership, what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to try to be the mighty man of valor. I'm going to try to be uh, the man of God. I'm going to try to regulate my temper. I'm going to make sure that she lives in a house that is a safe house, that is no, uh, that, that is not toxic, that uh, that is an atmosphere for her to be able to pursue whatever she wants to, to be who she wants to, to do what she wants to do uh, in the same way for me. So it, it, I guess it goes back to the golden rule where I really wanted to treat someone the way I wanted to be treated. And I think that that's that piece that we learn after we figured out how it doesn't work. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Is like, hey, 
I probably need to over-communicate instead of under-communicate. Um, I need to learn how to forgive and let go and not hold grudges yeah. um, and create this safe space so you don't have to worry about something being thrown back in your face that you shared with me in vulnerability. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. But yeah. that's still um, that those type of things, still guarding your heart from mm -hmm. ever being um, that used against you. Those mm -hmm. are things that, that that have to be broken down piece mm -hmm. by piece over time. It's not like so. So, yeah, there's things that that I might have um, told someone else in confidence. I might go to the grave with now because mm -hmm. it's when it's used against you, that, that trauma that's, that's, mm. that's built around that and still trying to break, break those things down. So just also knowing, um, knowing your trauma, yeah. uh, being able to recognize how your uh, behavior um, will not work, uh, mm. will not uh, help the situation or how your behavior has all the power to help the situation. Yeah. I mean, I think like you talk about that growth and here's my, uh, you know, podcast, uh, plug for therapy. I think that's important for us to be able to recognize when I need to learn some different skills. Yeah. Um, because, you know, often when we come through a trauma, we we tend to be avoidant, um, right? Because who wants to exist in pain? Nobody likes pain. So we're going to do our very best to remove ourselves, push this mm -hmm. pain away as far as protect myself, put these walls yes. up, not have to deal with this, which actually reinforces the trauma. Absolutely. So if I don't deal with these things, like it's you gonna, said, they're going to keep the dust coming back. Yes. And that pressure busts pipes. And then mm -hmm. when that pipe busts, it, it's not good for anyone. And so uh, regulating that, I mean, it, it's helpful to your spiritual, your mental, and your physical. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to understand like my fears, because I think that's because we, we 30,000 thoughts a day. And so if, 25,000 of them are fear-based. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, how am I going to really be able to move forward? Because again, every time you do something that reminds me of an experience I had previously, now I'm responding to you out of that experience and not being present here in the moment. And so I have to learn some ways to now be able to recognize when there's an actual threat versus Absolutely. when there's a perceived threat. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, lift the fact that your support system is mm. the same. Mm. Your support system during that time. So for fear for me, um, it was my support system like, hey, chill out. Hey, mm. it's going to be all right. Um, you know, th those type of things. My family is awesome. My, mm. I've got great, great parents and just the support system around me. Um, yet and still also that brotherly support system that we need. Mm. Um, talking to some of my frat brothers, they, mm. you know, just having that conversation like, hey, I've been through this, I've been through that. And, mm -hmm. and knowing that that there is, that you're not unique in your pain, mm -hmm. um, it kind of frees you a bit, not okay. to say that that's, that's, but it frees you a bit, but knowing that you have a support system that can talk it out, uh, it is so essential. Just don't, don't do, go through this alone. Um, go with God as well. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I don't see how people, so I know it's a given for me, um, you know, for me to not even have to lift up, um, you know, the assembly of the saints, the, the church that, that was, um, being around folks that, that were praying for you, loving on you, uh, and saying it's all right and giving you the grace that you couldn't give yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that you speak about 
we um, you you keep saying it's it's not a either or it's both and the diunital um, theology of like we can do multiple things. Yes. So you can go see a therapist and have a spiritual home that you're going to and pray to God, Absolutely. Have, have congregants that are with you, especially if you're in a healthy church, because Jesus I recognize that not, yeah, Jesus and therapy. And therapy, it's uh, both and. Uh, both and, right? Um, my friends, my family, because and, and it's, it speaks to the healthiness Absolutely. of the different resources that we have. Because if I'm in a healthy church, they're going to say, hey, God still loves you. Absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> God still loves you. God still do. loves you. And, and we yet. do too. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you going through a divorce doesn't mean that you are, are a, a failure in the eyes of God. This right. relationship didn't work because yeah. maybe we didn't have the right tools. Maybe That's we weren't the right fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe we, we were still growing and developing. And as we were doing that, we grew apart. Um, all of these things that are factors. And so even though this marriage ended, that doesn't mean that in the eyes of God, like, oh, well, done with you. You a failed yeah, project. Yes. Over with. Let me not it's, write like. <laughs> and so it's essential to have also a clinical therapist paired with. Yeah. You know, paired Come with. Absolutely. Uh, your relationship with Christ. It's both, both hands because that yeah. relationship is also uh, given by Christ as well. So don't. Absolutely. Don't, Absolutely. Yeah, so they, they're together. They're together. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like the gifts of music and the gifts of art we yeah. talked about earlier. Right. So some people have those gifts. You said yeah. from an early age, you were over there, uh, you know, healing, healing folks and talking to, to <laughs> whatever. So all of those things are essential. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and it releases that shame. Like you talked about the, the pipe bursting from pressure. Yeah. If I release that and and aren't let and I'm not letting shame bind me because shame yeah. will bind you. Yes. Um, secrecy is a place where shame is partying like a rock star. Right. Um, so That's why that you, isolation pieces, yes, absolutely, so. absolutely. So when you're over here struggling and and then and again and them thirty thousand thoughts real loud. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh, about all of the ways that you have screwed up in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So let me free myself from that bondage in, of my mind. Get out here and talk to people to remind me that I'm still worthy. Um, yeah. That there is life after the divorce, dust, and even though the dust might still be a it's residue. <laughs> Little it's residue little around, little, it's a little right? loose, it's a little right? loose. But I don't have to get back in the gray. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are there any books or podcasts or resources or anything that you want to share that you think may be helpful for people? You've given a lot of great information. I, I mean, really, um, there's there's a lot of uh, Facebook posts that I've seen. You know that that have been good. This Facebook church has been good. Facebook therapy has been good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's not not one one particular but yeah just just make sure you're always in tune to what god is trying to speak to you in this season mm-hmm. um especially when it comes to uh, why you're in your grief um every time every time uh, i was at the end of my rope wanting to sit at the crib do nothing mm-hmm. stay in bed just all day long and not want to engage with the world every time um there was a still small voice um that was that was tugging me, you, you, mm-hmm. hey, you got to keep, you can't stay there. You can't, you got to get out of this grave. You can't, you can't do. So, so I would say just really my relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. uh, was essential for me yeah. 
I'm yeah. not saying this, this was for everyone, mm-hmm. yet it's still um, the, how everyone's going to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet it's still, that's really what, what was so essential. Yeah. Um, so essential for me. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's important for people to hear that because sometimes we, we let grief separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're dealing with those cycles and we, you know, there's all of those levels of pain and trauma that we're navigating through. And sometimes that can be a separation. And I may need to hear that's when you may actually need to, instead of avoiding and withdrawing from, you may mm-hmm. need to seek out. <laughs> yes. Um, and a platform like this is so essential. Yeah. It's a, a lot of times there was not a place for me to hear, um, mm-hmm. on the internet, uh, someone that <laughs> <laughs> the interwebs on the interwebs uh so it was not a space so that's why it's so essential and vital um that we um no matter where you are the church the unchurched no matter we all deal with these relationship yeah. uh, situations so so absolutely. it's important for us to have a space like this absolutely well i want to thank you reverend adrian baker for um being vulnerable uh yeah. being present in your experience sharing a word that somebody needed to hear um, and they needed to hear from a man because sometimes men aren't given the same space to be able to process and talk through. Um, And so as we break down um, these perspectives that uh, being a man means you have to hold stuff in and carry it on your own, that no, share the load. Many hands make light work, Um, right? So we can release these things and recognize that somebody else is going through this experience. I don't have to be in this by myself. So I want to thank you for using your gifts, your talents um, on this platform with us this evening. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're so welcome. Um, So we have our October episodes gearing up. Tuesday, October the 4th is going to be a time change, 830, because my guest is in California. And so we are going to be rocking more on the Pacific time schedule. So we're going to be pushing that show back to 830. My body feels like it's failing me. Women and fertility challenges with Dr. Royetta. Um, Tuesday, October 11th, 730 p.m. Because y'all love these relationship conversations. Save yourself, Black man, overcoming the toxicity of past relationships. Um, And we're going to be also talking in this month a little between men and women. So look forward to a dialogue between men and women just talking about navigating um, dating and relationships and hurt and pain in healthy ways instead of attacking each other. So thank you to everyone that tuned in. Make sure you share this. Uh, with someone who may need to hear this because they may be going through something and think they're by themselves. And Reverend Adrian Baker came to tell you that you're not alone um, and that there is, even though there's still a little dust, um, (laughs) there is also some healing on the other side of divorce. Everyone take care and be well. Many blessings. God bless. Good night.